Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, I ask you to please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, where you can access all our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in the faith journey. Enjoy. I want to say hello to those who are watching live stream out there, whether you're watching with us now or you will be later through pod, or listening through podcast, you're a part of our church. We welcome you. Dear friends of mine uh, who are joining us for the first time, I actually, uh, last week I was walking along the North uh, Sacramento River and I ran into um, two Harley Davidson biker people. And they're always interesting, right? And uh, uh, th- this guy was 87 and his wife was 69, and they rode Harley-Davidson's from Torrance, California, which is down in the south, all the way up to Northern California. And we were in a gift shop together, and we ran into each other, and I realized pretty quickly they were Jesus people. And so we had a Holy Spirit prayer meeting right there in the gift shop, and they told me they'd be watching today. So uh, we, we welcome uh, uh, Rick and Lorraine. Welcome today and many others. Um, we're, in the, we're in a series about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. The next volume of Ephesians, we're going to be looking at the gifts of the person of the Holy Spirit. But we are walking slowly, threading this idea that this, the Holy Spirit is a person and intimately longs for us to be intimate with Him. Um, in one of the breakout sessions at Bethel, I, uh, after it was over, I, I was just trying to absorb a lot of things, and God gave me this message, not from a message I heard, but a message because I was in the midst of a lot of awesome things, and I just titled it, Dirt in Your Well. So we're going to get into it starting in Ephesians chapter number five, where Paul says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. Anybody figured that out yet? The days are evil. So then, do not be foolish. I always think this is funny. The Greek word for foolish is the word moronus. Do the math. Don't be a moron. The days are evil. That's what Paul said. I didn't say it. Paul did. So then, do not be foolish, but understand... Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then he throws this in there. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. In other words, drunkenness will ruin your life. And so will all kinds of of addictions ruin your life. The alternative to that, in the times in which we live, Paul tells us by the Holy Spirit, but... Be filled with the Spirit. The outflow of uh, of a spirit fullness in our life is not foolishness, but it looks like this. It shows up in our speech, speaking to one another. In Psalms, you have a a biblical speech. Psalms, hymns, songs, spiritual songs, singing, making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ, a spirit-filled life. We're going to talk about the power of a spirit-filled life and, and how uh, dirt in the well of our spirit can hinder the power of the spirit in our life. So let's pray one more time, can we? Father, this is yours today. Hallelujah. This is yours, this is your house, this is your church, this is your ministry. Uh, We are your people, this is your legacy, and we give ourselves to you, all of us. Let's do that just right now. Would you just say, Lord, I just give myself to you. I give myself to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I will not lord over the Holy Spirit today, but he will lord over me. He will lord over this house. He will lord in this ministry. He will lord through this word. We will not call the shots. We are no shots. We are nothing. You, Lord, this is yours, and we declare it in the name of Jesus. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Amen. Here we go. 
as believers, true believers, born again, as believers, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. He's not on the outside looking in. He is on the inside wanting to well up on the inside. The, we just read the passage that's, that Paul said is a command. It's a command. Be filled with the Spirit. And the phrase of that is a continual command, not just one filling, but continue to be in a state of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's a command. It's not a harsh command, but it's a vital command. Why? Because the days are evil. And because the days are evil, we can be inundated, we can be seduced, we can be overrun, overwhelmed, even as believers. And the only way to not be is to have the Holy Spirit run the house. The only way to not be is to have the Holy Spirit run the house. Uh, there are drinking metaphors used in this passage. And then throughout the Old and New Testament, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's all kinds of imagery. One of those Im images is water. There's water imagery from Genesis 1 all the way through. And then we've looked at the fact that our, our human body is a temple, a temple, a habitation of God, a habitation of the Spirit. Do you not know that your body, Paul said, is, is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So he is in us. Uh, Jesus said that when we drink of the water of the Spirit, when we drink the water of the Spirit, the Spirit will then create a well on the inside of us. A well, the imagery. And then we drink in the water of his presence. We, the water creates a well, but as the well gets full, the well becomes a river, and a river goes out. A well of water in, a river out. Notice the powerful difference and the influence that flows from us, from what we allow to go into us. And God calls us on in this command of be being filled, an ongoing seeking of God's presence. Ongoing seeking. It's not a harsh command, but it's a vital one. And uh, yes, in, in ministry opportunities, he does come. How many of you want the Holy Spirit to come with us or in us, around us today? He comes into the midst of us like wind, like rain, like fire, but he longs for us to be in the midst of him. He longs for us to give ourselves to him. God has given us all things. God has given us the Holy Spirit, but God wants us to give ourselves to him. I love that song. Whatever, whatever moves your heart, move me to move you, your heart. Move me to move your heart. Now, here's the thing. I want everybody, if you're new to this and you, you've been in a church or ministries where the Holy Spirit is given maybe a token uh, a testimony or, or maybe just a doctrinal statement that's made during a certain time of the service, um, maybe this is all new to you and you might be afraid, well, we'll get off on the Holy Spirit and lose Jesus and all that. Listen, when, you're, when, when we're really following the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to lose Jesus. Yeah. You know why? You know why? <laughs> Roberta, if I ever go on the road preaching, Roberta is coming along. Because if nobody else does, Roberta does. She does. Do you know? I do. The whole, you know the, the, the favorite subject of the Holy Spirit is Jesus. So, if, if we're, now we can follow all kinds of religious spirits. We're going to talk about that. But if we're following the Holy Spirit, we, we, he's all about Jesus. You can't leave Jesus when you're, when you're led by the Spirit. He'll, he'll run you right into him. As a matter of fact, the only way we can even get close to Jesus is through the dynamic invasion and influence of the Holy Spirit. So don't let anything talk to you about Oh, that church here, we're going to veer off into Holy Spirit stuff and leave Jesus behind. No, 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 no. 
The testimony of Jesus is the true spirit of prophecy. And Jesus said, he, the spirit, will glorify me. So what we're asking is for the Holy Spirit to have the, come on, you ready? To have the greatest influence in our lives, in our church, in our families, so that we have Jesus in the greatest sight. And not only we have Jesus in the greatest sight, because we're full of the Holy Spirit, others see Jesus in us. So let's go on. Uh, Jesus is at a well, and this well is one of Abraham's son's wells. It's Jacob's well in Sychar, Samaria. We know the story. Let's, let's, let's look at this one passage. Jesus answers this woman and says to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water I will give him shall never thirst but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. This was at Jacob's well. Remember she said, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? Drank from it himself? So this is a God moment for this woman of Samaria. And Jesus is using this moment at this well of one of the patriarchs of Israel. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I want to stop there and say this. Every God moment that I've ever had, every God moment that you've ever had, and guess what? Some of you, some of you might be, God might be ready to to give you the the greatest God moment you've ever had. You may be ready to, he might be leading you today into a God moment like you've never had before. Are you open to that? Anyone else open to it? We had like five said they were. (laughs) You open to it? When, when, when a God moment arrives in your life or my life, it comes from a line of rich heritage before you. Whether you have no Bible background, or no church heritage, or you do, a God moment that's coming has come from someone somewhere else. It's come from other God followers. This well of Jacob was there because his grandfather dug wells and his father dug wells. And now centuries have gone by and they're still drinking from this well. Isaac's son, Abraham's son, the people of God. Let's talk about that a minute because we're going somewhere describing our bodies, our lives as wells of living water. And how that when we live as wells Filled with living water, our lives will be something, and Jesus will, will show up in, in powerful ways and through us in powerful ways. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you and me, okay? Three things come to mind when I think of the patriarchs. The first one, I think of the word altars. You know, when you, when you start to read about Abraham, the first thing you find out about Abraham is that he was a man who made altars to God. And, and you know what I found? The, the greater the sacredness of the altar is, the more God will alter your life. You like how I played with that word there? The more sacred and devoted we are to God. And you know, we don't just make one altar. Abraham just continued to make altars through his walk with God. And Abraham made altars, and out of those altars came wells. Abraham also dug wells. So there was altars and wells. Isaac dug wells. We're going to look at that in a minute. And you know what about the patriarchs that, that God intended for them and for us? Altars, wells, and the third thing, they walked in the wonders of God. Wonders of God. Altars, wells, and wonders of God. Do you know what stops us from entering the wonders of God? Dirt in our wells. Do you know what breaks open the windows to the wonders of God? Getting the dirt out of our wells. So I went on this trip to California, and I just want to say this. uh, uh, This church is awesome for so many reasons. One of the reasons I 
think it's awesome is because uh, our, our leadership team and because of your financial support, I have, I have, I have great liberty to, to, to seek after the Lord and to in, invest not only in your life, but back in my own life. And, and because of that, I, 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 I ask and I, uh, for, for opportunities to do certain things, and, and, and we don't have a group of leaders that go, oh, geez, okay, well, how much is it going to cost? Uh, there is a, a liberty, there's a blessing, and I, I, I don't take that for granted, and I don't ask for a lot like that. But, but I'm so thankful that when I go, I don't have to worry uh, on that. And, and so I was in Reading. I, I know I was led by the Lord to go to a conference. I'm just not a conference freak. I'm not a conference nerd. I'm not conference giddy today. I, uh, back in the late summer, felt God's telling me to, to stir my heart to, to go to a conference. And uh, I was looking and I came across this one called Open Heavens. And I thought, I could use that, Open Heavens. And I saw that it was in Reading at Bethel. And I've never been to Bethel. I've heard a lot of things about Bethel, good, bad. And I'm sure you have too, especially if you have YouTube. But um, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go myself. I, I really felt I was supposed to go. And, and when I was there and I got on the grounds the first day, I heard the Lord say, every moment I want you to believe to be providential. And so I went in at nine o'clock in the morning, the morning of the first day of a conference, which would start in the evening. And I went into one of the rooms on the campus there. And I walked into this big room where you checked in to get your packets and everything. And when I went through the door, I saw a bunch of tables on the other side of the, of the room and these ladies who were working to, to check people in. And as I came toward the one lady, and I'm just Team McGee going in. It's nine o'clock in the morning. I just had my coffee and I was just going to be bop in and be bop out and head to Walmart. They even have, they have Walmarts everywhere. Do you know that? <laughs> so I, I, I started and this woman goes, she looks at me and she goes, did you bring a word from the Lord for us? I was like, no, but I sure did come to receive one. <laughs> and she goes, well, I'll tell you what, the target of God's all over you. And so I said, okay, what, where's my packet? No, but, and when she, and when she finished saying that, four ladies down, a, co a college age uh, girl, leans up and she goes, I wasn't going to say anything, but when you walked through the door, I saw God all over you. So you're like, <laughs> so I, I just listened to that for a minute, got my packet and I looked over and there were t-shirts, you go to a conference, there's t-shirts and uh, uh, stuff. So, um, so I was looking through some shirts and everything and I went up to check out and this other college age girl from Bethel School of Ministry, she's, she's checking out my, you know, my, my merchandise and she goes, uh, sir, I, I, I don't ever do this, but I have a word from the Lord for you. I'm not even at the conference yet. <laughs> she got a word from the Lord for you. And she said, uh, the gates of anointing are going to burst wide open in your life over the next three days. And when she said that, listen, you, for those of you who don't know me, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a ghosty Christian. I'm not a cosmic guy. I, I'm a meat and potatoes, walk on the concrete sort of dude. And so like in, in services where they might pray for you and maybe instead of you falling under the power, they try to help you fall under the power. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm one of those guys, all the king's horses and all the king's men. And I promise you, if you ever pray for me and I'm not, and you're pushing, I'm going to let everybody know you're pushing. <laughs> He's pushing me. That's me. Okay. So don't even get that way with me. I don't do it. <laughs> but I stood in that place and I started feeling wobbly in my legs like I couldn't hardly stand up. And so I thought, I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> so I, I zoomed to my car, got in my car, and I, I drove to Walmart feeling this powerful thing. And I sat in the Walmart parking lot and I couldn't go in Walmart because I thought, I can't get out of my car and walk through the parking lot. I don't know. You know what they say, signs and wonders? You know what, you know what a wonder is? I wonder what that is. That's what, it, that's what was, I was like, 
what in the world? So anyway, that was the beginning. Um, so that night when I, uh, well, I just walked on the grounds there and I, uh, uh, before the, I got there early and I walked on the grounds there and, um, and this impression so strongly, and I posted, I posted on Facebook, I, I said, um, I'm on the grounds of Bethel Church in Reading, through, uh, and I'm aware of two very distinctive things. One, the absence of yokes of bondage is extremely prevalent. And secondly, the awareness of an atmosphere of wholesome and healthy holiness and I wrote, I'm no novice in, in these things, but I'm definitely not an expert. And all I know is that an atmosphere like this only comes through praying people who have plowed ground for a generation and have fought the fight of faith to establish an open heaven so dark things can't reside here. And I felt that so strongly. I felt it so strongly. Uh, that there was a godly fear and a massive respect for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, Lord, I want this for me, and I want this for LOH. Dirty wells breed yokes of bondage. Dirty wells in the house of God that house of God is in bondage. Man-made, man-manipulated ministry replaces the sweet presence and flow of the Holy Spirit. Unhealthy pseudo-holiness, sterile environments in worship, and worse. The opposite of that is, is what I have in this next slide. The opposite of that is this. Wealthy believers in the weighty presence of his wholesome holiness and liberty. And I came back saying, God, if, if, if whatever you've imparted into my life, uh, work that in my life and through my life, in my household, among, among my family amongst my family, amongst my brothers and my sisters, and in the house of the Lord. Host, wealthy believers in the weighty presence of his wholesome holiness and liberty. Uh, new altars, newness in our wells so that we can walk in the wonders of God. I want to take you on a journey real quickly from Abraham into Isaac's life, and I want to talk about for the rest of this time, I, I want to talk about uh, uh, how, 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 how our wells can get crusted with dirt. But before that, I want to show you biblically that the Spirit, uh, uh, is, what, what the Spirit does for us when we, when we, when we put our faith in the Messiah, uh, and you, I, want, you, I want you to see that Paul talks about this, and he uses these Abraham patriarchal references in Galatians. He says, therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, all the nations will be blessed. Will you say blessed? Yeah. Blessed. How many of you would like to be blessed? How many else would like to be blessed? Four wants to be blessed with their hand raised. <laughs> Boys. So then, so then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Well, what is that? So that we would receive the promise of the Spirit. The blessing for believers is the He, the promise of the Spirit, who comes in to begin, to begin, all right? So that's Abraham, okay? He had a son named Isaac, Itzhak, it means son of laughter, son of joy. Isaac and the wells of God uh, the, symbolize the wells of the Spirit flowing in your land and my land of promise, okay? So Isaac's life is, is so, has so much typology to it, right? He's the son of laughter. He's the, he's the son of joy of the, of the Father. You know, God, Jesus is a type of Jesus. Of course, the Lamb you know, Isaac is taken up on the, on the mountain and to be offered up, and, 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 and the Lord provides a ram instead. He's a type of Jesus. 
all of this. Uh, but Isaac is also a type of born-again people who, who, uh, who, because of his father's faith, goes into a land of promise that is his. I want you to see. I want you to see these. And I, 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 when I put this together, I was like, Tim, this, there's some massive texts here. So you, you, you do what you want with them with slides. I don't want to. I don't want to go slide crazy. But I want. I want you guys to see this. I want you to see the story here of Isaac. It says the Lord appeared to him and said, "Do not." Now notice the notice this, the symbolism here of our lives. Uh, it goes back to Ephesians five about don't being don't be foolish and don't 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 sow into the world's ways and instead be filled with the spirit. Don't get intoxicated uh, with the with the, the spirits of the age, but it rather be filled up. So look at this. Don't go to Egypt. Like don't be worldly. Stay in the land which I tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I'll be with you and bless you. For you and your descendants, I'll give these lands. I'll establish my oath with you that I swore to Abraham. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and give your descendants all these lands. And on and on he goes. Now keep going with me for time. Now Isaac sowed, I love this. Now Isaac sowed in what land? In that land. Isaac sowed in the land of promise. Isaac sowed in the domain of his father's blessing. So when he did, look what happened. He reaped in the same year what? You with me? Uh, Are you guys with me? Go to the next one. There we are. So Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich. And can, remember, wealthy believer. The man became rich and continued to grow richer. Would that be all right with you? <laughs> Until he became very wealthy. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household. And what happened because of that? What happened when a promised land son, a promised land family begins to blossom in the things of God? What happens? The enemies envy it. The Philistines envied it. And some people envy the blessing and want to be like us. Others envy and don't want us to be like us. And they didn't want Isaac to have that. So notice what they do. Now, all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth, dirt. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you're too powerful for us. Contention over the wells of God. Why do you think? Why would the enemy contend with the church over the wells of God being Flooded with water. And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And I love this. Then Isaac dug again. Some of us need to dig again. Which had been, Isaac dug again. What did he dig? The wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. Each generation has to dig new wells. Each generation has to return to the wells of the fathers before us. And he gave them the same names. Didn't change things. Didn't redefine it. He gave them the same names, which his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled. And they said, the water is ours. See, there's always contention over the wells of God. There's always contention over the wells of God in my life, in your life, in our church, in our nation, in the heritage of our nation, in the kingdom. There will always be contention. So what do we do? We give up? No. They dug another well. And they quarreled over it. So he moved away from there and dug another well. And they didn't quarrel over it, and he named it Rehoboth. And he said, at last the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. That's what the Lord's desire is for each one of us, for our church, for every church, for the nation. Then he went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I'm the God. See, that's what happens. Altars, wells, and the wonders of God. 
Altars, wells, and the wonders of God. Not, oh, wonders of God. No, altars. If you don't have an altar, you'll wonder why there are no wonders of God. Here's the answer. Altars. Wells and the wonders of God. I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, I'm with you. I will bless you. I will multiply you for the sake of my servant Abraham. And look, and so he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And then look at this legacy. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. Dirt in my water well cannot be overlooked. Dirt in your water well cannot be overlooked. Dirt in the water well of the LOH We've got to get rid of it. Why? Because the Lord wants believers in the weighty presence of his wholesome holiness and liberty. If there is dirt in our wells, it's of an enemy's doing. But before we blame it all on him, we have to realize that without discernment, the enemy's throwing dirt in our wells and we don't know it. I want to show you some schemes. I don't have a lot of time to unpack them, but just look at them and you can unpack them. One of the schemes of the enemy is to, is to, is to get you and I individually to receive reports that can lead to bitterness in our life. Where word, where word gets back to you, and when it gets, it gets back to you, it gets in you, and when it gets in you, look, if, if we saw the devil coming with a great big shovel of dirt, hey, what are you doing, devil? I'm going to put this in your well. Well, no, you're not, devil. But we don't see him coming. And he doesn't come like the devil. Reports that get back to you that lead you to bitter. And, and, and you, start, you get hurt by it and you think, mm, why did they? And you start to let it get there and it solidifies and gets on top of the water in your well. Another scheme is receiving accusations that dry up the streams of faith and favor. Hey, if you're walking around in the, in the coat of your heavenly father, expect people to not envy it to be like you, to envy it so that you are not like you. Receiving accusations that dry up the streams of faith and favor. Demonic accusations of your progress not being enough. Oh, you don't pray enough. Or you're not this enough. You're not holy enough. You're not healthy. And unhealthy environments that are graceless in, 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 in the kingdom of God, so to speak, where, where we, we muscle up our efforts and we never measure up. Uh, Bible bullies. Shaming, blaming. We got to earn it. Never enough. Faith and favor dry up. The toxicity of these pellets of poison that just cause the oil and the water of the, to just diminish. And there's a crust. Another would be uh, receiving seductions in my flesh that create a crust of carnality in my life. Like the, the, the times are evil. It's all around. Uh, prior, to, prior to that, in Ephesians, earlier in the chapter of Ephesians, uh, right before we, he even gets into that, okay, so here's what you do. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep on being filled. Before that, he's talking about, about don't pattern your life the way the non-Jews do here in Ephesus. Ephesus was a center of sex trafficking. Ephesus had temple of, temples of pagan uh, worship mixed with sexual immorality, right? Uh, it was a metro commercial hub of east and west in Asia Minor. And Paul writes, knowing this culture and knowing that these Jesus people with the Spirit of God in their life live amongst that. Live amongst that. It's like we live amongst that. Where it's easy to get a dirty well. And Paul says, have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Have nothing to do with greed. You're holy ones. Guard your speech. Forsake obscenities. I'm just... Instead, let worship fill your heart. Spill it out in your words. Break greed off of your giving. I'm just paraphrasing and going down through. Uh, don't be fooled by those who speak these empty words and deceptive teachings as to say, it's okay to commit sexual immorality as a Christian. We got to find a new space and a new kind of grace so that 
Certain cultures can take their place. Dirt in the well. Your mission is to live as children flooded with light. And he goes in to say, awake, O sleeper. He's talking to Christians. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. And then he says, don't be foolish. Times are evil. But instead, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Here's another. Receiving wounds that strip you of your ability to trust your heavenly father. You're walking, trusting the Lord, trusting God. And then maybe lying believers show up in your path. Or God doesn't seem to come through like you were told he would. You'd been preached to that he would. And then something happens in your life that flips your world upside down. And you didn't see it coming. And it came fast. And it smacked you right in the face and stabbed you right in the heart. And now you're very shy about really giving all your control to God. And, and, and here's what, and, and, or you get wounded in the house of the Lord. You've trusted, you've put yourself out there. And now you're thinking, okay, do I walk on water again? So you know what we do? You know what we do? And I know you're in this room because I've been in this room doing this before. You know what you do? Because, because, because a culture of Christianity can become comfortable and casual. We have a safe zone where we're near the warmth of the presence of, the, of God, but because we've been wounded, there's dirt on the top. There's a layer of protection from God calling you out on the water. And you don't have to because it looks like everybody else is just as comfortable as you. And there's dirt in our well. Altars. You know what we have to do with that? We have to take our, I'll control this and no one will ever hurt me again. If I'm going down, it'll be my own, but no one's going to bring me down. No one's going to do me wrong. No one's going to that. I'll do it. You know what we need to do with that? We need to go to the altar and die to that. You know why? Because if we don't, the well will be crusted and we will wonder about why there are no wonders from God. And that is a work of the devil. A cover-up in a casual comfort zone church, near the warmth of the presence of God, but not too close where the fire exposes my need to be vulnerable again, to trust even to my own hurt so that God can not only work in me, but through me. Because people desperately need to see the wonders of God and have hope from people that have been to hell and back and say, God got me out when no one could get me out. Hallelujah. And you and I now have the authority to control the condition of our wells. Any dirt in my well is of my own choice. But without discernment, I don't even know that's happening. But I'm making agreements that layer after layer of crust. Let me ask you this. Are you thirsty and ready for a remake of the well in your soul? This could be the day. Here's why God is jealous for you and I to get the dirt out of our well. Because our inheritance is by the blood and the Spirit. His son's blood. His son's blood was shed so that pure water could fill the habitations of my soul. Pure well water. And the Spirit is passionate about not just hanging out in the back part of your house while you run the show and whenever you need him, you call on him like a butler to come running and fix you up something. No, 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 no. You don't. If I want the wonders of God, I don't own my house. Altars, wells, wonders of God. Because 
when the well has water in it, the rivers flow out. And rivers carry us into dynamic influence of kingdom reality. Rivers carry us toward our destiny. Have you ever been in a powerful river? Have you ever tried to cross one? Have you ever tried to swim across a river that's stronger than you? Remember the story I told some of you about I almost drowned in a river because I got out in the middle and I thought I could get across and it, you're not going across and you're, that river's going to take you. Oh Lord, let the rivers take us, right? But here's what, the river can't, the river can't flow out when dirt is covering the water level within. The Lord moved on me greatly while away and spoke to my heart about getting the dirt out of my well. And I began to think as I sat on a hill in Reading about this, and I began to ask the Lord, what are, what are some of the things? My heart began to have deep sympathy for myself and for others because underneath that dirt, underneath that dirt, there are things like this in some of our lives. What's under your dirt? Childhood moments with Jesus that need to spring back up again? Come on now. Childhood moments. Childlike heart. How about what's under your I thought of this whispers and promises from the Lord that are needing to break through the surface again? Did he, did he just go? How about this? A breakout of the religious spirit holding you back from Holy Spirit wonders? In these weeks that we have these invasions of the Holy Spirit, You've been raised in a different kind of Christian culture and just about the time you're ready to step out of the boat, you might get one foot out on the water and you realize, man, I'm not sinking. I could go and all of a sudden Dr. So-and-so or Billy Flip-Flap that you remember saying something about, you're getting this, you're getting that and you go, ooh, be you You know what that is? That's a religious spirit. When you've got to check with somebody about your permission to go after the wonders of God, you are giving power to a religious spirit that is stealing the liberty of the anointing of the Holy Spirit out of your life and your family and your ministry. What's under the dirt? How about a cry of freedom. My God, there has to be more than this. I know Jesus didn't die, so I'd be hooked on porn for 25 years as a Christian. That my appetites were out of control. That the spirit of fear would dominate every part of my being every time I go to take a new step or seize a new moment or to believe for great things a cry of freedom where you've been smothered under dirt in the cloister of casual comfort zone, nothing Christianity. And there's something down inside saying, I want to break free. Amen. I posted... Some of you follow my drama on Facebook from time to time. But I had posted that thing about Bethel and then a couple, couple people back here, not in our church, but uh, a couple guys uh, bombed my post and then uh, said that they were brokenhearted that I 
had gone to Bethel and that there were many back here in my hometown praying to God, awaiting my public repentance. So, I went ahead and repented. And I'm going to repent again in front of you. And I wrote on there, I, T. McGee, repent. I repent for the times I've not allowed the Holy Spirit to work in my life in the past as I've allowed him to do so this past week. I repent for not taking seriously how much Jesus longs for me to go into the holy place with him in such mercy seat-like worship as I've experienced with him during this week. I repent for being too fleshly oriented regarding ministry when I could have led our church beyond a tributary to the mouth of the great river of God. I repent. I repent for not, I repent for forgetting at times it's not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and power. For this and every generation needs to have a faith, not in the wisdom of faulty men who preach, but in the power of God. I repent for not coming to Bethel sooner. I repent for not opening our house, LOH, to daily seeking, daily praying, daily crying out in hunger for God's presence in our midst. I repent for listening to those who have, like this past week, spoken from their dead paneled walls of speculation and ignorant accusations as they believing they do God a service, suck the life marrow out of the body of Christ. I repent for giving space or even a place for a second to people like that rather than fanning into flame the gift of God. I will never, ever do such things again. For I will never be the same again. Would you stand with me, please? Father, shh. Father, give us, give us more wells. Give us a desire to get the dirt to get the dirt out of our wells. Help us to return to the wells of our spiritual fathers, fresh baptisms in the glorious presence of the Holy Spirit, fiery visitations that melt the hard wax places of our souls. that build up the altars of God again. I ask you, Lord, to just... Where the Spirit is given lordship, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, where the Spirit is given lordship, there is freedom. Freedom from addictions. Freedom from depressions. Freedoms from a vacuum marriage of toxicity. Contention. Freedom from the spirit of fear. Freedom from the paralysis of worrying about what's gone on in the world so that you can't be a person that's sent on a mission as a warrior into a shaking world. Here's God's promise. Isaiah 12. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Why? Therefore... 
You will joyously draw. This is the word of the Lord for you today. This is wide open. I don't care if you've only got a drop of water and the rest is dirt. Here's the word of the Lord for you today. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the wells of salvation. Today, Father, we create space right here and right now. We create space for every thirsty soul. We create space for you to recreate and remake the wells of our salvation from the back row to the front row, from people watching in Alaska and Torrance, California and in Virginia and in parts of the United States, for my brothers that are in Italy watching, from, from here, there to everywhere, remake the wells of salvation in our church, remake the wells of salvation in our homes, remake the wells of salvation in our lives, in my life, in every ministry, in children's ministry here. In youth ministry here, in, in, in recovery ministry here, in pulpit ministry here, in the worship ministry here, God, remake the wells, and Lord, and listen friends, while you're playing, while you're worshiping, Jesus can get the dirt, and I'm not meaning you have it, but Jesus can get the dirt out of your well, out of my well, while we're ministering. I want, I, I invite you around these altars, altar, listen, if you want the wonders of God in your family, if you want the wonders of God on your job, if you want the wonders of God in the marketplace, if you want the wonders of God on the streets where you live, if you want the wonders of God in the nation again, it starts with an altar because altars alter the course of life. It goes from an altar to a well and say, Lord, fill me up with fresh living water and then the wonders of God will walk right into him because God will come and say, I am the God of your father and I've come to bless your life. Father, I just right now speak liberty and freedom over every soul that is now going to pursue the wonderful works of the spirit of God in their life. These altars are open. Come on, friend. We've got plenty of time to go after God. I bless you now. I bless you now as you seek him. May he flood you. May he fill you. May he cleanse you. May he remake you. And may you meet him fresh and be filled to overflow. In Jesus' name, amen.